again. You counted. You you did it again. <laughs> the um. Uh. You did one. You did one, two, three instead of three, two, one. Wait, what's the right? Wait, what's the? Oh, I did, didn't I? I think I usually do three. Two, no, that's okay. One, I mean, and then click. And this time I went I'm, one, two, and then I'm three, living for the, the three fun variety. It's fun. It's spicy. It's. I'm you on my <laughs> That's right. Toes. Exactly. I'm here. I am over here on my toes. Yep. I love to please. I love that you're drinking tea, and I, I am. I'm having drinking tea. Trader Joe's decaf green tea. I'm having Irish breakfast tea, which I can promise you is not caffeine, uh, not caffeinated. <laughs> Yummo. Irish breakfast tea is so good, though. Or same, same with like all of the breakfast, the family of breakfast teas from that general vicinity. Delish. Irish is the strongest, and like it makes sense. And and like it makes sense. There, you heard it here first. That's it. Anyways, welcome back to Oddities. I'm Kelly, and I'm Cassie. And welcome back to Strange Town. Bum, bum, mm, bum. Mm, mm, mm. All of our wonderful links are down below. Follow us, support us, email us, give us topics, tell us your spooky stories, whatever it may be. Shout out to our amazing. Lindsay Bidwell for our amazing logo and new designs. If you guys need work, hire her now. Um, now. Yeah. Oh, and buy our stuff. Buy her stuff. Buy the stuff. Buy the stuff. We love a, we love a merch moment. <laughs> um, if you haven't already, subscribe to our Patreon because guess what? We have some fun fun over there. We do. Bonus episodes are back, baby. Cassie's so. doing a phenomenal job with the special effects. You guys are missing out. You I should not. really subscribe for a dollar. Come hang out. I should not be trusted with special effects of any kind. Oh, no, kind. you should. Trust me. Here's the thing. I went to go show my mom the Patreon this week, and I told her, I said, look, I don't know what we're about to witness because I hadn't seen the videos yet. And she said, okay. And you know what? She liked the intro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. 20, <laughs> 20 out of 10 was not disappointed. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I love how that. How are we, bestie? We're fine. We're tired. We're worn down from work. It's been like a lot lately, but that's okay <clears throat> because um, it will end after Nashville. It will be less less complicated, less stressful after that um but i did give a presentation like a big presentation this week and it went over swimmingly so that was great um didn't your vp like say that was badass <laughs> it wasn't the vp i don't know it was somebody in the room like i called in remotely to do it and there, there wasn't a camera on so i don't know who said it, it was some woman in the room and <laughs> she was like <laughs> but i was done she was like i feel like we should applaud that was badass cassie <laughs> And I was on such a high. I was like, you think that was badass? Next time I'll have confetti <laughs> cannons over. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it Here's went well. It was thing. it was cool. Here's the best thing about all this. Mm. Is I've been calling you badass Cassie since you got your PA. I and know. I just, like, I'm like, I manifested this name for her. <laughs> you did, yeah. So 
Yeah, I guess I was just like the topic of convo for a little bit after the presentation, so that's cool. Um, what else? We started watching, you know, on HBO, The Last of Us, like everybody on the planet is watching right now, and it's very good. Not, it's not, very good. Is it? It's spooky. It's definitely spookala bookala. Don't watch in front of the kids. Got it. Absolutely not. Um, but it's good. And then we started also watching um, his Dark Instruments, the series. That's also on HBO. HBO. And, um, oh, and I'm using the work-provided microphone today. So. Again, it's so pretty. Crisp. Very crisp overall. So, yeah. We're a big fan. <laughs> and um, um, I have a really big question for you. Yes. How was volunteering this week? Oh my god! I yes. haven't asked you all week, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna save it for Sunday. So I just oh my god, need okay. to know how was volunteering this week. Volunteering was great this week. On Monday, I had the library, and I was so like they do like little end caps. They're like themed, and so this theme was winter blues. So I had to find books in my section with blue covers. So I made like a fun, funky little display there, and then like I also like filled in in places where we needed front facing books and. Today, after we're done recording, I'm, you know, done editing and stuff. I'm going to do some brainstorming for, like, marketing things for the library. And then yesterday, I volunteered at the theater and sold tickets. And that was fun, too. It was just, it was really, it was a good week. Thank you for asking. And uh, I'm really enjoying my volunteer shit so far. Snaps. Also, 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 yeah, snaps. Yeah. But also, so I don't know if you guys remember or not, but Cassie oh my God, was yes. a part of a work scavenger hunt. And, you know, no surprise here for us. She won. Slayed. Mm-hmm. Her work oh my God. gave her the oh my. best prize. And it's perfect for her to wear it at the library. Do you want to describe it to them? <laughs> yes. First of all, when I received it, I started hyperventilating because I loved it so much. It's a, it's a sweatshirt, like a big, like baggy, like crew neck sweatshirt. And it's got all of the Taylor Swift albums as books on it. And it is with so... With a sleepy little cat. With a sleepy little cat with stars on it. And it's so cute. And I love it so much. 100% wearing on Monday when I go in. Um, also, I got to be honest. I, sh- I so just like don't match the vibe of the library. Like I roll up and shit <laughs> like that. And I just like stick out like a sore thumb. But that's fine. And it is the coolest thing in the world. And if I wasn't going to the concert in May and it's going to be very hot... I would 100% wear it to the concert, but I will roast the end. So thank you for asking. How was your week? How are you? My week was really good. We, uh, well, actually, I'm going <laughs> to complain for a second because mm. the listeners know that I just found my sanity for the kids in this tiny yes. little town play area. Well, they're closing. Screw I them. Know. I know. <laughs> so I was angry about that. And actually, I went this week and Cassie got a good laugh out of it, too. I went this week. I asked them what the heck is going on, and they told me that they're moving to a bigger location. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm going to be honest. Okay. But the best part about me going this weekend, I drink as much water as I can possibly, right? And I've got like this hydro flask dupe. And I recently found stickers from my favorite coffee shop from a place I used to live. And it, I just got a lot of good looks because it's a coffee pot, but it specifically says pothead on it. I love it so much. And I, I was drinking it and there was a mom that kind of like squinted at me and I was like, what the hell is she looking at? And then I realized what sticker I had recently put on. But also <laughs> I was drinking this in front of my dad and Cassie can't really see it right now, but I have the everybody, the everybody sucks. Oh, everyone shut up. Not everybody sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that needs to be in there. That too. But my dad goes, I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
And speaking of him, happy birthday, Dad. We happy birthday, Dad. This week. And it seems like he had a really good day, so that's awesome. And uh, good. ended it with the kids being sick. So Oh wait, yeah, we we're coming out on a low here. But here it can only <laughs> can only go up from here. Really we can only well actually you know what? They're sick, but it's not COVID. So I'm fine. If that's it's not yeah. that friggin' C thing, then I don't I'm okay, wow, colds still exist. <laughs> Everything still exists, can confirm. And I had a stomach bug as we recall, and that was the worst, and those still exist, so we're all just still here. It's funny, COVID made it feel like everything, all the other illnesses Everything else just one of the lesser illnesses. <laughs> Stomach flu, what's that? What's, what's the 24-hour, except mine lasted like three days, that was... Yeah, that yours, was, yours was like a little over 72 hours. Yeah, that was some shit, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> literally, literally. So, <laughs> uh, well, well, now that we've shared some bodily functions and caught up on the usual, should we? Uh, this is the content they pay for. Anyways, this is this is what you guys you come know, for every week. We're doing good at nine minutes. So, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I just have to share something else real quick that I totally forgot, and I don't think I shared it with you either. Okay. Okay. okay so I've been I found a chiropractor out here, and I've started going to the chiropractor now in our new town. And we were talking. I let him know that we have a podcast. So he said he was going to listen. So hi, Dr. Dan. But also, also, side note. Hold on. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. Side note. I, it has always been one of life's greatest mysteries to me. And I have wondered if people fart when they're getting like chiropractic adjustments. I have always had this fear that I am going to fart when I'm getting adjusted. I have not so far, knock on wood, but like. He must have read my mind because he just told me involuntarily, unprompted, like I didn't fart. I don't even remember how we got to this, that he like his patients fart in front of him all the time. And then we had like a good big laugh about that. And we talked about like what that's like. And so anyway. Mind reader or strong intuition, you go, oh, Dr. Dan. Well, that, but I have a story about that too. Do you, when I was pregnant oh my God. with my second... I was going to the chiropractor a lot. My hips and everything, they were so messed up from pregnancy. And I went to a chiropractor that specifically specialized in pregnancy and whatnot. And he, I think it was like after the fourth or fifth time, he said, you know, you're the only pregnancy patient that I have that hasn't farted in front of me. Oh my God. Yeah. And he goes, I just want to make sure you're not holding anything in. Yeah, Dr. Dan's wife like, specializes in pregnancy adjustments, so that's cool. And all I thought to myself there was, I wasn't holding anything in, but like, did you just give me permission? <laughs> <laughs> he big time just gave you permission. Like, I, it has always been this, like, fear of mine that, like, because, I mean, like, listen, th- there's, like, it's like, you know, they're doing things to you. Like, it would be kind of like oh, yeah, a natural, like, I mean, they're like, shit's moving, okay? And then, like, so, like, I've always been afraid, like, oh, my God, I, like, I purposely don't eat before I go to it because I'm like, oh, what if I just rip ass, like, a juicy fart right on the table? And apparently it happens, like, all the time, so I feel better, but, like, I'm still going to try not to fart in front of him because we'll never be the same, but, yeah, anyway. Hi, Dr. Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Dan. Anyway, you made, you made my life because you answered one of my, one of my biggest question marks that I've always had, and I was too shy to ask my last chiropractor so thank you for telling me this voluntarily, unprompted. I did, you saved me some embarrassment. That's it. 
The end. That's it. The end. I just had to share that. That was like a one of the like biggest revelations for me. This I week. think it's hilarious that that came up, but I also had a chiropractor farting story. <laughs> I know. I love that. Also, I just want to like point out if any of our listeners are pregnant right now, you should definitely see a chiropractor while you're pregnant. It is life changing. I also want to point out to our listeners who do go to chiropractors, I guess it's okay, it's okay to, fart to fart in front of them. So let that baby rip. You know. <laughs> He said it, he said it just doesn't really phase him anymore. So I mean, I would imagine it literally probably happens all the time. I mean, according to him, it does. So I mean, yeah, everything's moving. It makes sense. Yeah, like there's a lot. There's like a there's some force going on there, you know. So yeah, I'd be everybody farts. Kids wasn't like a normal thing happening, honestly. I know. Yeah. So I mean, it's. I think for me, like my time is limited. I go regularly. It's probably going to happen at some point in my life, and I'm just going to have to, you know. Jesus, take the wheel. So anyway, that's the end of my revelations for the week. And uh, again, this is what you came for. So shall we jump yep. into to the, tr- in. to the truly odd stuff? Today. <laughs> I'm covering <laughs> the silent twins, which has nothing to do with silent but deadly farts. <laughs> oh, that was a perfect opportunity for you. I know. I know. I love that. It, it's uh, June and Jennifer Gibbons. Um, they're identical twins who grew up in Wales. They became um, known as the silent twins because they only communicated with each other. Ooh. This, this shit's wild. So we're going to, here we go. Walk with, walk with me, people. So June and Jennifer were the daughters of Caribbean immigrants, Gloria and Aubrey Gibbons. The Gibbons family moved from Barbados to the UK in the early 1960s as part of the Windrush generation. And Gloria was a housewife, and Aubrey worked as a technician for the Royal Air Force. Oh, that's cool. Snaps. The couple also had three other children, uh, Greta, David, and Rosie. In 1960, Aubrey went to stay with a relative in Coventry and soon qualified as a staff technician. Gloria followed with Greta and David several months later, and then the twins were born April 11, 1963, at a uh, military hospital in actually Yemen, uh, where their father had been deployed. And the family soon relocated, first to England, and in 1974, to Wales. By the way, Wales is a wild place to me. Like, whatever they speak, like, their language is bananas to me. So I just need to say that. Anyway, like, if I I would love to go see Wales, because it looks, like, very beautiful and rainy and moody, and that, like, totally, like, fits everything that i stand for so but so but like i guarantee i wouldn't understand a single fucking thing the whole time i was there <laughs> like not not a not a fucking ounce <clears throat> so anyway the twin sisters they they became like totally inseparable right and they their language was was like a sped up i'm gonna fuck this up bajan bahan creole made it difficult for people to understand them and so the family's children were the only black children in the community so naturally of course uh, a lot of awful shit happened because people are garbage. So both of the children were awful, like they were ostracized at school. Uh, this proved to end up being like traumatic for the twins, which I get that, and like eventually causing their school administrators to dismiss them early every day so that they could avoid bullying. Isn't that horrendous that they had to deal with that shit? Yeah. Um, their language became even more idiosyncratic at that time, and soon it was totally just like unintelligible to others. So they they basically their language, or if you want to call it idioglosha, I looked this up, <laughs> it qualified It qualified as an example of cryptophagia, which was exemplified by the twins' simultaneous actions 
which often mirrored each other, and they became increasingly reserved and eventually only spoke to one another. And also their younger sister, Rosie, like on occasion. So, okay. so basically, in the club. <laughs> right, big time. So basically, like they became so in, like entwined with one another, and like because the world was so fucking awful, they developed like their own language, and then they started getting so in tune that they would just their actions would just automatically mirror each other without trying, which is like wild. Twins blow my fucking mind. Like I have to be honest. Like they they're crazy. I once saw a documentary on twins. I'm just going to like a side note here really quick. And like, there's this whole big festival just for twins. And at the festival, there's like FBI booths because the FBI booth is like trying to find out fingerprints and identical twins and like facial recognition and can like, is their technology up to date essentially. And I just think it is fascinating. It's really cool. Anyways, continue. (laughs) Twins are bananas and like they fucking blow my mind. So anyway, the girls continue to attend school but they refused to read or write. And then in 1974, a medic was administering vaccinations at the school and noted their impassive behavior and notified a child psychologist. And so then they began seeing like a session of therapists who tried unsuccessfully to get them to communicate with others outside of, you know, each other. And they were sent to separate boarding schools in an attempt to break their like isolation. But the pair became entirely catatonic and entirely withdrawn when they were like it was like half apart. their brain t- was taken from them. I know. So it's crazy. So once they were reunited, because people were like, okay, well, clearly, like, this isn't working. <laughs> when they, so when they were reunited, the two se- spent several years isolating themselves in their bedroom, engaging in elaborate plays with dolls, and they created, like, many plays and stories in, like, this sort of soap opera vibe, reading them, like, out loud on tape as gifts to their sister, Rosie. And then inspired by a pair of um, gift diaries on Christmas 1979, they started a writing career. They sent away for a mail order course in creative writing and each kept like an extensive diary and wrote a number of stories, poems, and novels. Most of these were set in the United States and particularly in Malibu, California. And the stories involve often young men and women who exhibit strange and often criminal behavior. Same. So June wrote, <laughs> June wrote a novel titled... The Pepsi Cola Addict, in which the high school hero is seduced by a teacher and then sent away to a refor- reformatory where a homosexual guard makes a play for him. And then the two girls pooled together their unemployment benefits in order to get the novel published by a vanity press. Well, okay then. Is that just not the craziest set of sentences that you've ever heard in your life? No, and it makes me want to add a book to my reading list this year. <laughs> oh, now... Yo, listen, now that I volunteer at the library, I get to check shit out and I don't have to worry about late fees. I'm gonna the the number of fucking books that I'm about to go check out, you have no Jealous. fucking clue. I know. Everybody go volunteer at your local library. You'll probably get the same shit. This is uh anyway. This book, The Pepsi Cola Addict, is the only accessible work by either of the Gibbons sisters, uh, which remained unavailable for purchase and held in only five libraries in the world until October of twenty twenty two. And then it was republished as a limited edition print by Cashin's Gap. And it will also be published as a paperback in May of this year by MIT Press. Isn't that crazy? So their other attempts to publish novels and stories were pretty much uh, like unsuccessful. Although um, Cashin's Gap is planning like future releases by June and Jennifer Gibbons. But um, Jennifer wrote one called The Pugilist. And it's it's about this physician who's so eager to save his child's life that he kills the family dog to obtain its heart for a transplant. Oh. 
The dog's spirit lives on in the child and ultimately has its revenge against the father. Jennifer also wrote a book called Disco Mania, which is the story of a young woman who discovers that the atmosphere of a local disco incites patrons to insane violence. And then she followed up with something called The Taxi Driver's Son, which is a radio play. Um, I'm sorry. No, and then she, uh, also a radio play called The Postman and Postwoman. And then like a whole bunch of short stories. And then June Gibbons is considered to be like an outsider writer. That's like the style. So anyway, wow. books aside and everything. Yeah. Um, just really quick. The Pepsi-Cola Addict is on sale for pre-order to be released May 23rd, 2023 for $21.95 on Amazon. In case anyone's wondering. First of all, I would definitely pay $21 for that. Like, 100%. There's also a book about the Silent Twins. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, there's been, like, a whole bunch of shit about them. So, all right. So, in their later teenage years, the two twins started using, like, drugs and alcohol quite heavily. And in 1981, the girls committed a number of crimes including vandalism, petty theft, and arson. These are a few of my favorite things. (laughs) Which led to them being admitted to the Broadmoor Hospital, which was a high-security mental health hospital. So, yeah, here we go. The twins were sentenced to indefinite detention under the Mental Health Act of 1983. They remained at Broadmoor for 11 years, and then June later blamed this lengthy sentence on their selective muteness. Quote, Juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to get us out, but we were trapped. How sad is that? Ouch. I know. Placed on high doses of antipsychotic medications, they eventually found themselves, like, unable to concentrate. Jennifer developed tardive dyskinesia, which is a neurological disorder resulting in, like, involuntary repetitive movements. Um, and their medications were apparently adjusted sufficiently to allow them to continue like all of their diaries that they had started and like this creative writing and they were able to join the hospital choir. Um, and the case, uh, their case in particular achieved notoriety due to a a newspaper coverage by a journalist, uh, Marjorie Wallace and Wallace later wrote a book about the two, the silent twins. Um, and that was published in 1986. According to Wallace, yeah, the girls had a longstanding agreement that if one died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. (gasps) I couldn't find out like what, like what, how they, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so during their stay in the hospital, they started to believe that it it was necessary for one of them to die. And then they like discussed upon themselves and Jennifer agreed to sacrifice her life. So anyway, but let me... Okay, so March 1993, the twins are transferred from Broadmoor to the Caswell Clinic. And on arrival, Jennifer could not be roused. She was taken to the hospital where she died soon after of acute myocarditis, which is sudden inflammation of the heart. And there's no evidence of drugs or poison in her system. Oh, wow. At the inquest, June reveals that Jennifer had been acting strangely for like a day prior to their, I mean, quote, release from Broadmoor, even though they just ended up going to a different one, but whatever. Her speech had been, like, slurring, and she herself had said she was dying. And on a trip to Caswell, she had slept in June's lap with her eyes open, which is spooky. And uh, during a visit a few days later, the the author, Wallace, recounted that June was in a strange mood. Uh, June said, quote, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up her life for me. 
She also described it as a tsunami washing her of her sins and being free of her sister. Jennifer was interred in St. Martin's Cemetery in Wales. It's just all very well. I have okay, so, many so questions. <laughs> yeah. So after Jennifer's death, June starts giving interviews with Harper's Bazaar, The Guardian. By 2008, she was living quietly and independently, uh, close to her parents in West Wales, and she was no longer monitored by like psychiatric services, and she'd been accepted by her community. Um, <clears throat> in a 2016 interview with her sister Greta. Um, Greta revealed that the family had been deeply troubled by the girl's incarceration and she blamed Broadmoor for ruining their lives and for neglecting Jennifer's health. And she had wanted to file a lawsuit against Broadmoor, but Aubrey and Gloria refused saying it wouldn't bring Jennifer back. And so like, we have a lot of questions, right? Because like, okay, they were like so intertwined, like they had their own world, like whatever else. But according to Wallace's book, the silent twins, Jennifer apparently once tried to strangle June with the cord of a radio while June once tried to drown Jennifer after they rivaled for the attention of some, like, boys. And the girls isolated themselves more and more as they got older, receding into their own world, eventually turning to, like I mentioned, criminal behavior. Um, So it's kind of wild. Like, I mean, if they were born in... (laughs) Yeah, like, if they were born in this time, though, if you think about it, like, they would have been, like, New York Times bestselling authors and, like, these prodigies. Like, I mean... I don't know. It's, I don't really know what to say about the whole thing. Like I obviously, I can't understand what they went through. Like all like the ostracizing, like things like that, you know? Um, and I could get why they totally like receded into like their own thing. Like they totally relied on one another, this, but like this whole very strange thing where it's like, well, one of us has to die and then one of us can go on having a normal life. Like, and then, like, the violent acts by one another. Like, I I mean, I just, it's, the whole thing's pretty bananas. Their story is wild. I 100% want to read, like, the books. And yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just crazy. It's a crazy story. It makes me really, truly believe that when they were both alive together, that each of them were just using half their brain. Like, and the way that Jennifer reacted to June's death, right? I have that right? Uh. June reacted to Jennifer's death. Okay. That her, she's free. Her sins are washed away. Yeah. What? No, I know. It's like, this intriguing. Is, I know the whole thing is just like, I was researching this and I was like, holy shit, this is just getting like wilder and wilder. Cause like at first I was like, oh, like, okay. They had this like really terrible environment and then like they like receded and they kind of made their own language. I was like, okay, like I get it. I'm following. And then like all this crazy shit. And I was like, what the fuck is going on right now yeah (laughs) so anyway really interesting figures like i said if they had been born like or like were growing up in this time they would have been considered like prodigies they would have been considered like this you know huge phenomenon and but like i I don't know the whole thing is just it's a banana story i encourage you all to like read more about it if you'd like if you guys like twins in general fascinate me also kind of freak me out i'm not gonna lie so if you guys want me to do more like research on just like, like strange, like <clears throat> psychic twin shit or like whatever, let me know if anybody's interested in that. But I'm interested anyway. in that. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. I'll, I'll look into it. Side note. Like I said, twins kind of freak me out. My family has a history of like twins. And also if I have to undergo IVF, I'm also going to be like at an increased of like risk of twins. twins. Multiples. <laughs> Fun fact, I also have twins on my mom's side, and her aunts, my great aunts, 
are identical twins, except not really because one of them was born without a ear. What? But I couldn't tell you which one it is because they always had their hair nicely done and things were covered. Like, you couldn't Oh my tell. god, you didn't know. Holy I shit. I had no idea. And it also, fun fact, she was born without, like, an ear, but she had no, like, her hearing was fine. It was just, like, a hole. I don't know how to explain that. Oh, interesting. And again, so it wasn't like, this like is the... going by, from what I heard from my mom, I've never seen it. <laughs> so... Wow, that's bananas. Holy shit. Now I'm just thinking about, like, the hole. Also, when she, when they were born, it was the late twenties. Oh my god! When, so they were born at home, and my great grandfather was so excited that surprise twins because there was no way to know. Then. Right, surprise, bitch. Yeah, he was so excited that he didn't realize what he was saying, and he told his friend, "I, I we have triplets." Oh, oh, <laughs> was it triplets? He added one in there. Yeah. <laughs> He was just too excited. <laughs> Holy cow. That's crazy. So anyway, that's that's the silent twins. That's June and Jennifer Gibbons. Like That was wonderful. That's some shit, right? That was how did you how did this I was come I just looked up, I was like, strange figures in history. I think or oh, like something like that. One. That's <laughs> a good you. one, actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. So yeah, there they are. Um what do you what do you have for us today? Um well, it's just one person. <laughs> well, not really. It's a group of people. A cult, you may say. If you will. Um, I'm covering Charles Manson. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Okay, here we go. Um, Do we want to just go ahead and be like, disclaimer up front? Yeah, disclaimer. This the murder in this cult. I mean, um, a heaviness and general heavy, sadness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I'm going to get into a lot of cool things. What was fun for me about this and I, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm saying fun. Charles Manson was a huge figure around my area. Um, mm, mm-hmm. So I knew of him growing up. Obviously, he was already arrested and incarcerated by the time right. <laughs> I was hearing about him. But my dad was like 10 years old during the trials. So oh, I got shit. to ask my dad, like, hey, do you, what do you remember? Kind of a thing. And we had a really awesome conversation about it. So I'll get into that. Dude, can I just interject real quick and say that our parents were alive during some crazy fucking shit and they're just like when you ask them about this stuff they're like rather cavalier about it (laughs) my dad was very nonchalant yeah i remember it my parents had a serial killer like one or two towns over from them and they were like oh yeah that was a thing and i'm like okay okay (laughs) (laughs) so do you want to like expand on that let's talk about it (laughs) okay anyway carry on so Charles Manson was born November 12th, 1934. Um, he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. He is known as a criminal and a cult leader. That's well, the best way to describe this. That's man. the claim to fame there. Yep. Um, Manson was born to a 16 year old girl and a man he would never know. His mother was imprisoned for armed robbery. And when that happened, he lived with an aunt and uncle in West Virginia at nine he spent much of his time, uh, much of his life in juvenile prison <laughs> and reformatories um, for crimes that included petty larceny, armed robbery, burglary, and auto theft. So I guess the apple didn't far from, fall far from the tree. Once again, these are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> things. Um, following his release from prison in 1967, Manson moved to San Francisco, where he attracted a small but devoted group of followers. 
Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. A cult. It's a cult. Yes. Okay. Um. Among the, uh, he got, gained these followers from the city's Bohemian youth culture. By 1968, he had become the leader of the family, is what he called ah, it. Ah, okay. A communal religious cult dedicated to studying and implementing his eccentric religious teachings, which were drawn from science fiction as well as occult and fringe psychology. Like you do. Like you do. That That's how you do, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He preached the coming of an apocalyptic race war. Okay. <laughs> well, um, yep. That would devastate the United States and leave the family in a position of dominant power. The family. Like the family. Okay. It was never called a cult. It was always called the family. I mean, that's how you. That's exactly how you know it's a cult, kids. That's exactly how you know you're in danger. Red flag. Red flag. Red, red flag, flag. Red flag. Red flag. Okay. All right. <laughs> Manson's hold over his followers was graphically illustrated in 1969 when the family carried out several murders on Manson's orders. The most famous victim being uh, actress Sharon Tate, wife of film director Roman Polensky, who was killed in her Los Angeles home along with three guests. The ensuing trial of Manson and his followers in 1970 attracted national attention. Gee, I wonder why. I wonder. <laughs> In 1971, Manson was sentenced to death, but following um, the abolished the the termination, I'm just going to change the word, of capital punishment in California in 1972, his sentence was commuted um, to life in prison. He Ah, became eligible for parole in 1978, but was denied and then as well as numerous subs, he was just caught, he kept applying for parole, kept getting denied over and over can, and over. I mean, thank God for that. But can I just say that, like, the fact that he was allowed to apply for parole at all, fucking, like, our system, okay? All right. There was no, and here's the thing this is what's controversial about his imprisonment. Yes, he was a cult leader. He didn't actually carry out any of the murders, he himself did not murder anyone. His no, but you know he planted that shit. Like, he was the mastermind behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the women who murdered for him. <laughs> ah. just such a weird... His group you of know, lady murderers, yes. The pictures that I've seen of these women, you can't tell me that this doesn't throw off... And I okay, Timeline aside, it just gives off very groupy feelings. <laughs> Does it, I've it never actually looked at, like... I don't even know what to look up, like... Just look up the women who murdered for Charles Manson. Okay. Because th- that's what I have up, and that's the pictures that I'm looking at right now. Well, first of all, oh, never mind. I read it wrong. I totally mixed it up. One of their names is Patricia Krenwinkel, but I read it as Patricia Periwinkle for some reason. And I was like, <laughs> well, if that's not like. <laughs> oh, yeah. They do. They, yeah. They give off like big, like age of Aquarius, like, ooh, you know. Right? Yeah. So, um, the women's names, Susan Atkins, Patricia, I want to say Periwinkle now. It's Periwinkle. <laughs> Lisa Van Houten, Linda Kaskabin, Kaskabin, Bien, Lynette Squeaky from me. Oh. That's a nickname. Um, okay. I specifically want to talk about Susan Atkins right now. Okay. Um, she was known as Sexy Sadie. What a nickname. Okay, like you do. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, 
on the the ranch um it's a it was a, an abandoned movie set used as the group's conma commune okay. uh, except it wasn't from i learned this from my dad it wasn't abandoned it was it belonged to somebody and people like got word of this family basically mm-hmm. squatting on the property and that's where the manson caves are don't go visit people mm. i'm not gonna disclaim or i'm not gonna admit or deny that i have been there but it's <laughs> trespassing don't go the look <laughs> fill in the blanks people and all also, right um it may or may not be you know what you could see photos online it gives a very creepy vibe mm, i believe red it. flags <laughs> red flags susan I, be- I don't know. I think she died already. <laughs> oh, okay. She has been trying to be pardoned because she has a brain tumor. Oh, okay. Um, she may be dead. Yeah. She was trying very hard to be removed from... Oh, yeah. No, she died in 2009. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, she's she's been gone a little while. But she was trying to get pardoned. You know, I found the light. Jesus has saved me. Uh, um, which is all fine and dandy, but you still murdered somebody. Right. Multiple people. And right. you need to pay for what you've done. That's my opinion. Right. Um, talking to my dad about this, he goes, yeah, I remember this and that. And he told me, I for- already forgot the name. One of the Beach Boys used to hang out with the Manson family. Oh, okay. But not as, I, I think more as like, what are you doing here? Kind of a thing. And like what, and, um, a a talk show host also interviewed or spoke with them kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all very interesting. And my dad believes that this wouldn't have got as much national recognition as it did. If it hadn't been for them specifically murdering, um, Sharon Tate, probably Um, I'm with them there. But the, yeah, the trials were covered. I mean, he was 12 when, when the trials were going, or I'm sorry, 10 when the trials were going on and like, what a wild thing to witness as a 10 year old. And then I think, well, there's a lot of wild things I witnessed as a 10 year old too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like to be fair. Yeah. It only goes on. Um, but you know, moral of the story here, if they're saying join our family, it's probably maybe, a cult. Maybe don't. Maybe, yeah. Don't do it. Um, Join our family. We have a commune in the middle of some ranch somewhere right. that's abandoned, are, but it's fine. There was still, what was fascinating to me was there was still a, what's the word? There was still like a fan group for Manson after his conviction. I mean, I believe it because people are fucking crazy. People are fucking crazy. And he people really did try to get him released from prison because, well, he didn't murder anybody. He was the mastermind behind it. Yeah. So like he, yeah, his, his hands have just as much blood on them. Yeah. That, that whole argument is like, just like null and void in my mind. Like it's just, yeah, it's the equivalent to a regular person hiring a hitman. Right. That person is also at fault for that crime. Right. He has a tire, a, a, a team of hit women, hit ladies. Ladies, sorry. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. I'm sorry. It's not. No, well. it's. It was just. It's wild to me to read about. Okay, first off, cults scare the shit out of me. I'm gonna be straightforward, but I am very fascinated, like how people get so far into things 
Oh, I know. It's like one of those so things far. where it's like you can't not right like <laughs> watch. Um, I don't know. Another interesting thing: they all had tattoos on their forehead. Oh yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen photos of them, but I guess that was a cult thing. The way the thing that bugs me the most is these women. There's a photo of them, I think, either walking into trial or walking into prison. I'm not 100% sure which. But they're all walking so proud. I know. And it's so disturbing that it's just... There's a lot of questions I have. Yes, they deserve to be in prison. Yes, they deserve to, you know, serve time for their crimes. However, this makes me go, they need to go somewhere for mental health. But clearly right. that was not an option then. Um, Charles Manson um, eventually died in prison November 19th, 2017 in Kern County. Um, Bye. Basically, I believe that's like Bakersfield, California, if I am correct. I thought it was interesting. I was like, wow, you died shortly after your birthday. Hmm. Hmm. That's cool. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the... Charles Manson cult leader. There's That's not wild. much on this man. I was expecting more on him, but it is a pretty cut and dry situation. Weren't there and forehead I mean, tattoos like swastikas or something awful like that? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I believe they are. It's it's so like terrible. Like they're they were just like the that whole that whole group was just so fucking awful. Yeah. Let's see. All these are showing X's. Just an oh X X's. Okay. Eyebrows. All right. <clears throat> Maybe but so. Even. Look, but if you on well, and this could have done had something to do with prison life. If I'm going to be straightforward, um, and of the most recent headshot of Manson, it is a swastika. Okay. So and that very well could have done. I mean, there's that's things that vulgar. go on in prison and yeah. whatnot so that very yeah. well could have had something to do with that i couldn't tell you yeah but um oh but this and this could have been photoshopped i'm not 100 percent sure it kind of looks weird to me but in an earlier photo it is a swastika as well yeah i just like the whole group is just like so <sighs> cults are just fucking crazy i i don't know and everything that happened was awful and it's just like all just so awful and it's just like incredible to me that they can get so many people to like sign up and be like yeah okay i'll do anything for you like it's just i don't know it's just it's just wild to me cults are crazy i have a few few more um cult leaders lined up oh good i've already started researching and just this i'm gonna be straightforward charles manson completely light to the other ones that i have yeah, there's some crazy fucking shit. I just like the thing that just blows my mind is like how many times throughout history these people who are like, I guess, charismatic, if you want to like consider that, like it's enough that people are like buy into their shit and they're like without question and they're just like, it's crazy. I mean, it's like the same thing with the Holocaust with like Hitler. And it's just yeah. like, how did, like, I mean, just how does this happen? How but did like we at the get same. Here? At the same time, like if you, there's also people, you know, like survivors of cults or people who have escaped cults or whatever. And they're just like, listening to them speak about it sometimes, it's just like crazy. They're like, listen, I just really, it, I was like brainwashed into it. Like it just, you know, it's just, I don't know, the whole psychology around all that is just like very interesting and and wild to me. Yeah. I think maybe I'm going to eventually cover cults and 
people, yeah. like specifically people that escaped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be cool. But, I can. I guess. I guess the episode's theme today is red flags. Red flags. <laughs> red flags. It's just red flags everywhere. Oh my god. Um, well, good job though. I mean, that was a lot of really interesting stuff. It's just like it's just. I don't know. Our history is just. And uh, I think what like what is mind blowing to me is knowing that this happened because it started in San Francisco, but it ended up going down to the Valley of San Fernando or yeah. Mission Hills, whatever. Um, and like knowing that it, how close my family members were to it. I mean, I wasn't alive, yeah. yet, but like it's right. wild. Yeah. Just crazy wild. And like also horrific because it is really horrible. What was done to the victims and whatnot, but like just wow. I know. <laughs> so, I know. It's like my parents with a serial killer. It was like, like why? And again, wh- again, I, the parents being so nonchalant. Yeah, there was a serial killer. Are, are, yes. Yeah I, I, yeah, I remember the Manson murders. Yeah, I remember that stuff. Next. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> what? what? Like, we're, just, we're just going to go over it? Yeah. Well, um, so I guess kids, uh, red flags. In some red flags. Trust your instinct. If it quacks yep. like a duck, it's probably a cult. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we should put that on merch. I like that. <laughs> wow. Nobody take that. <laughs> Nobody take that. It's trademarked now. <laughs> Intellectual property. Whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, red flags. And until next time. <laughs> Stay strange. <laughs> if it quacks like a duck, it's a cult. <laughs>